season four, episode nine, Eating and Cooking Local with fellow millennial homemaker, Kate Robertson. This episode is brought to you by PayPal. As y'all know, I am a small business owner, and I'm thankful to have many of our listeners also become my customers. I have been able to grow with and use PayPal since day one of my business. Not only does it make my customers feel secure about buying from me, but it makes my business run smoother. Even though my business is still small, I'm thankful to have PayPal's reputation and security protecting all my payments. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Millennial Homemakers Podcast, your resource for all things home, hostessing, and more. We're your hosts, Jackie Alexander and Jacqueline Humble. In our Fall Trends episode, we discuss this idea of hyper-local restaurants and food, which is the idea of even more local than just like your same city, but even your same neighborhood. So going along with the same idea, we are our episode's a little bit different today because we are coming at you live, and it's just me, Jacqueline, and then our guest today, Kate. Hi! Say hello, Kate, live from Chattanooga. And so we are talking about this like hyper-local trend, which... It's why we're coming live because we're in Chattanooga, which is hyper local to us. And we touched on this a little bit in our fall trends episode a few episodes ago. And so I wanted to bring Kate on. She is a Southern blogger at A Thought and a Half and podcaster. And you blog about Southern food and Southern life. Like Southern food and lifestyle. Southern food and lifestyle. And then your podcast is the Nougat Bell Show. Mm-hmm. And everyone should go listen to that. I have been on it once and about to be twice. Yeah. <laughs> Episode four. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was really early. Yeah. I forgot about that. Kate, tell us a little bit about yourself. And we miss Jackie, but she is not in town for this. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Kate. As Jacqueline mentioned, I am a Southern food and lifestyle blogger at athoughtandahalf.com and the host of the Nuga Bell podcast, which is all about stories of the South straight from the sources. Uh, I moved to Chattanooga in July of 2015 for my job in advertising. Um, I'd been to Chattanooga several times growing up. Uh, I grew up in Atlanta, so we used to come up here Uh, a couple times during the year just to get out of Atlanta for a little bit. But when I moved here in 2015, I had not spent more than 24 hours in Chattanooga in over a decade. Um, So when I accepted my job offer, my mom and I came out here to find me in an apartment. And we drove into town from North Carolina, where I was in school at the time, and we were like, wow, this is not the same city we remember from 2005. (laughs) So yeah, I moved here uh, pretty instantly, fell in love. The real nitty gritty dirt of the story is I was still with my college boyfriend at the time, and we broke up a few months after I moved here. Um, Long distance just wasn't working out, and I used my blog as my kind of like, okay, you're starting a new life. This is a new chapter. You have this blog, you have this new city. So like use your blog as your documentation of this city and your adventures. So that's what I did. That was early 2016. Fast forward to about August, September, 2017. I had not yet met Jacqueline. I think we were Instagram (laughs) friends, but we hadn't like met yet but I was friends with other people who did some local podcasts and 
did a couple projects with them just kind of on the side and they were like you're really good at this you should start one and I was like hey, yeah right no not my thing like <laughs> I'm a writer for a reason and they were like no really you should start a podcast and I was like okay fine whatever well fast forward another couple months I got a little overzealous in my talk with a few friends and kind of like may have said like yeah I'm gonna start a podcast <laughs> And then I caught myself and was like, well, I said it. Now I have to do it. So uh, I launched the Nougabell podcast in February of this year. I have about 30 episodes and I love it. It's been great. I've had some really fun people on my podcast and it's just been a really cool way to meet new people and like learn more about the people of Chattanooga. And since I'm not from here, I didn't grow up here, it's really a great way to learn more about what happened in those 10 years mm -hmm. since I last visited. And even what it was like when I was visiting and I just didn't live here to see it. Right. Yeah. Um, and even in the three years I've been here, it's changed so much. Yeah, it's definitely a growing city. I don't know what we we were ranked... What list was that? We were ranked on some list. It's like, I don't know. like It was the, like hip cities for young people to move yeah, to. Yeah, something like, like that. The Chamber <laughs> of Commerce, um, like, it does really good job with investing in startups and just kind of like this incubator. I mean, really just downtown is just like thriving with mm -hmm. new businesses and people are very supportive of local oh, brands yeah. and local things. So I love it here. And Kate was actually like... One of the first people in Chattanooga that I followed on Instagram because I didn't really find, when I like searched like Chattanooga or something, I didn't really find a lot of people. And I was like, oh, Kate, she looks cute. She looks like me. Like, I'm going to follow her. You know what I mean? And then like, it, it was so funny. So we were I following I had the same me. experience too. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was trying to find like other bloggers or influencers to follow, there like wasn't that many. Yeah. And now we have a bunch. Yeah. Now and we do it's have really a bunch. cool. Yeah, it is fun. So yeah, that's how Kate and I met. And then we met in a tea shop, like in person. Yeah. We're like, oh my gosh, we're <laughs> Instagram friends. Well, let's be real life friends. And then I've been on her podcast. Now she's on our podcast. So it's pretty exciting. So mainly today, I just want to talk about this idea of hyper-local food and cooking with local food, kind of what you've learned through your podcast with interviewing all these mover and shakers within the food industry in Chattanooga. And now you don't just interview like only food people, but I feel like that's kind of where you've started niching. A little Would you bit, agree with yeah. That? And I love it because I am such a foodie and I always want to know about new spots. And it's like, if there's this new spot coming up, like Kate knows about it, Kate's done a podcast about <laughs> it, like it's going to happen. So I don't know. I feel like Oops. I feel connected like to the food scene more because of your podcast. So. Um, and then also, obviously, you have a blog, so you like cooking yourself. So kind of just, we'll just talk kind of all about some different things. So tell me a little bit about your interviews and how they have changed the way that you've cooked and like maybe how you think about food. So one that jumps out to mind that I consider my like biggest win so far quote unquote, um, not to play favorites, but I actually kind of am. Um, I, we have different listeners than you do, so yeah. just, just give us the dirty. Give us um, the good, good. I had interviewed like a couple of bartenders and just other people that I knew in the service industry, but my big get, I'll say, was with Eric and Amanda Neal, who own Main Street Meats. Well, they own Easy Bistro. Uh, operate Main Street Meats, and they are the geniuses behind the Scenic City Supper Club. Um, they're basically like food royalty in Chattanooga. 
Eric is like James Beard nominated, like well known through the Southeast. Um, his wife, Amanda, is like one of the kindest people I've ever met. They both just make such an amazing team. And I had met them like in passing at a couple of events, but I never had a conversation with them until I recorded them for my podcast. And Eric grew up like all around the South and moved around. So he has all this knowledge from like living in Louisiana, living in Texas, now in Tennessee and like everywhere else he's been. And he's really the one that I appreciated like the local draw and the lo the love for local before, but he's the one who really like opened my eyes. The focus that he puts on local for Easy Bistro and Main Street Meats and Scenic City Supper Club is just unbelievable. I think we talk about locality and seasonality in that episode for like a good 20 minutes. So yeah, I think that conversation really, I don't want to say changed my perspective, but it opened my eyes to more than I could have imagined. Okay, so it's called, it's episode 20, Locals, the reason we're here on the Nuga Bell podcast, if y'all want to listen, because I don't think I've listened to that one yet, because I would remember that. I probably just didn't recognize their names. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I, that's what I had with a lot of people. When I said their names, they were like, who is that? And then when I said like, I'm like, Easy Bistro and the Scenic City Supper mm -hmm. Club, I follow them. Like, yeah. I follow all those, like, Instagram and, like, Easy Bistro is the best. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, so, and Main Street Meats, they're all so good. I took my parents to Main Street Meats for dinner when they were in town this past weekend, and they loved it. So, like, a takeaway for from that episode, like, was there, like, one nugget that he said or just, like, kind of getting to know him and their story? I think the biggest piece for me was he was talking about the importance of local produce and, like, sourcing mm -hmm. local ingredients and mm -hmm. how important that is to support, like, the local farmers, the local growers and everything, but also just the support of the local community and he said that not having grown up in Chattanooga or like been from this area, even though Amanda's from Saudi Daisy and like grew mm -hmm. up here and her roots are here, he said that, you know, local may not have been the reason we started, but it's certainly the reason um. we're still here and continue to do what we do. And that was just kind of like the boom moment. And our stomachs are all thankful. Yes. Oh my goodness. Like never stop. <laughs> it is so good. I need that Main Street Meats burger in my life like for all eternity. One thing that I've kind of liked about um, local stuff is like one, one of the big reasons why I feel like I appreciate it is like because I mean Chattanooga puts on like we were talking about earlier, even with small businesses and like brands and stuff, like it's just very supportive of local businesses and local brands. And one of my favorite things is living on Signal Mountain, we have Pruitt's, mm -hmm. which is, you know, our local grocery store. And they carry so much local produce that like I don't have to go to the farmer's market to get. They have, they always have local honey. They always have local meat and stuff like that. And I always buy my meat there. And so the way that they've given back to our mountain, because it is such a, classy grocery store it's nicer than whole foods they actually owned green life which was like the mm -hmm. health food store around here that whole foods bought mm -hmm. and then they like yeah <laughs> and they like kept pruitts and they've made pruitts so amazing and so they're like a, a big reason why i cook with local ingredients mm -hmm. is because like i'm lazy they also have a farmer's market which mm -hmm. we need to go to yes um on a thursday but anyway so that's like one reason for me so like how have you incorporated local ingredients into your cooking 
Um, and baking, because you're a good baker. I bake all the time. She's made me scones, she's made me cookies, she's made me jam, like, Kate has made it all, and I have eaten all of <laughs> I'll have to make more scones next yes. time. Yes. Um, yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing is, like, seasonal produce. Mm-hmm. I struggle real hard when the main Chattanooga Farmer's Market isn't open because it's only like May through November. I struggle so hard December through April when we don't have that market. Does Signal Mountain Farms go through the winter? I know they do boxes. I'm not sure if they do or not. We'll have to check that out. Now that I live on this side (laughs) of town, that's a thing I'll talk about in a few minutes here. But the when the main Chattanooga Farmer's Market is open. I do all my produce shopping there. Like, whatever's in season, like, berries, apples, zucchini, potatoes. Corn, because they have the best corn. I get the best Like, any, I buy all my produce there, and I get, I don't buy a ton of, like, boxed and packaged stuff, Mm -hmm. but when I do, I, that's what I go to, like, Aldi or Food City for. Um, And at the main market, they have produce from, like, North Georgia, Chattanooga, Mm -hmm. and... I love knowing where my food is coming from, mm-hmm. who's growing it. There's a girl from one of the orchards down in North Georgia who, like, she recognizes me every time I go because I buy apples from her mm-hmm. every weekend for, like, three months. Wow. I love knowing where my food is coming from. And that was another thing that Eric and Amanda were really talking about was, like, knowing where your food is coming from. Mm-hmm. And especially with all the craze these days about, like, organic and all that and no preservatives and... I don't really know how much of a difference it makes in, like, my overall health, but I like the peace of mind. Yeah. That. For sure. I know where my food is coming from and that there's not going to be, like, pesticides or, like, growth injections in it that I'm going to have to, like, worry about. And I just feel like, too, like, local produce, like, if it's from farmers, it tastes... It might be a different size than you're used to in the grocery store, but I just feel like the flavor is so much richer just it is. because it is so pure. And, like, I like it when I buy produce and there's dirt on it. Like, mm-hmm. that, there's nothing more that I like that I like more than that. It just gives me such a sense of earth. And even if you do eat dirt, like, those minerals and things are good for you, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, like, kind of – I love that. Oh, if I have to, like, come home and wash my berries, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My gallon of strawberries that and so, I eat in, like, one day. <laughs> um, so – we're talking like a lot like Chattanooga specific. One thing that I always do is that um, like at, okay, I love cheese and I love oh wine. My so I love getting like cheese boards and stuff. And so I feel like cheese is something that, especially in the South, you can get kind of regionally. So if I go out to a restaurant, I'll try to order cheeses from Georgia to North Georgia, like wherever I can kind of see. Do you have any advice for people who don't live in Chattanooga? Like what are some items that they can go to a local restaurant and then be purposeful about ordering because I feel like that's kind of you know you kind of almost have to be in on this secret to know (laughs) what kind of stuff can you order uh cheese for sure um probably the meats that come with charcuterie Mm -hmm. um like the salamis the pepperonis the city ham country ham I love country ham and just general meats like a sirloin or the chicken like so many restaurants in town serve Springer Mountain Farms chicken yes so any of your meats, um, your cheeses, your craft beer. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what about spirit? Yeah, spirits and craft beer. Um, unfortunately, where we are, uh, there's not a whole lot of, like, local wine unless you count the Georgia winery. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. You your say beers. that you say that as my husband was just with our uh, his uncle moving a refrigerator on one of his rental properties and he comes back with a bottle of wine nice. because <laughs> they, they they're in the Chattanooga wine club and so mm-hmm. you know so I mean there is stuff even though I think they use like Napa grapes. But anyway, yeah. so you can like kind of be local with a some little stuff. bit, yeah. It's just not as prevalent <laughs> right, as like craft beer here. Yeah, is and here. dry wine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dry wine, that's the thing. Yeah. Georgia winery is great, but but y'all stuff is so sweet. <laughs> and we can get lots of whiskey, so that's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah, um, we have Chattanooga Whiskey. They do a great job. Mm-hmm. Got 10 craft breweries, soon to be like 11 or 12. Yeah, I saw you just interviewed mm-hmm. a new one. I have to listen to that one, yeah. too. Okay, so what is, like, is it a faux pas to, like, ask, <laughs> you know, like, about the sources of things, like when you're ordering at a restaurant, like is that... I don't think so. Like it depends what type of restaurant, I guess. Yeah, I guess like if you go... And you, like, want to know, I guess if you, like, judge the vibe of the restaurant and you get there and you you don't think that they'll, like, stick their noses up at you, then feel free to ask. But I would think a a lot of the restaurants here are pretty open about where their stuff comes from. Feedco, their menu is super specific. They're like, yep, we serve Springer Mountain Farms chicken and we'll tell you we serve Springer Mountain Farms chicken. So I guess that's more of a thing to look for when you're even just, like, researching restaurants. And probably if they have a local beer on the menu, then they're probably pretty well connected. Yeah, then there's other stuff that they're mm-hmm. probably sourcing. I, I think that would probably be like a good. Oh, another one. Test. Bread. Oh yes, Need Loves. Need Loves is um, everywhere yes. in Chattanooga. So that's a bakery in town and in Bluffview. Oh my god, it's so good. Have you had bread and butter? It's yes. in Red Bank. It's so okay. good. They have this one loaf that's infused. You know how at um, Tony's, which is an mm-hmm. Italian place, they like put um, and they might be Need Loves or I don't know who they use, but they put garlic in mm-hmm. their bread and it's like hunks of garlic. Well, bread and butter has this one and it's olive and herb and there's like Ooh. hunks of green olives. I I'm can't. Have to try my, that. my like Cuban roots are just like <laughs> cannot handle the bread and the olive. It's so good. Oh, I'm gonna have to try <laughs> that. Yeah, they only have it on certain days of the week. I think that one they have on Sundays or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bread is another huge thing. Um, we were just talking about Need Loves. They are everywhere. Any place in town that has a good burger or a good sandwich menu. More often than not, the bread it's served on, if it's not baked in-house, is from Need Loves. Yeah, that's probably pretty true. Mm -hmm. So how has it changed where you eat in town? And then also when you've been traveling, I know that you were in New York for business. Has it changed your ordering or like how you view restaurants? Like getting to know kind of the business and heart side, I don't know, behind restaurants. I'm a total food snob now. Like, Kate three years ago was just like, yeah, I'll eat at a chain, like, all the time. No. I feel, like, dirty if I eat at a chain. I can count on one hand the number of times I've eaten at a chain anywhere in the last that is one two and a half years. that drives me insane is, like, when we're traveling, if, okay, it's one thing, like, if we're on the interstate, but, like, if we're in a city, mm-hmm. I'm going to try a brunch somewhere. Yep. Like, I want to eat local to that city because I can get that at home. Like, I can get Cracker Barrel anywhere. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that's kind of my thing. Yeah, that's how I am. Um, my parents live in a small town in North Carolina, and they're, t- they're getting better. They've got some local restaurants, and the ones that I have been to with my parents are very good. But they also have a lot of chains. And that's just like the nature of like small towns sometimes is you get sometimes the chains outnumber the the, like more local restaurants. But there have been 
others that have opened up. They're starting to open up a little bit more. And my parents are both like wonderful cooks. So right. if we go out to eat, it's like for an occasion. Right. Um, That's how it is with my parents. Too. Yeah. And yeah, I eat as local as I possibly can anywhere I am. So like around here, when my friends come to town, like especially friends who have never been to Chattanooga before, I'm like, here's where we're going. And I have like a <laughs> plan. I'm like we're going here for dinner this night, here for brunch, here for lunch. Like I have it all planned out. And then like I was in New York for work a few weeks ago and I ate entirely at markets. Oh, that's cool. Partially because they were just in like walking distance from wherever I was. Uh, Chelsea Market is phenomenal. I had an apple and brie crepe that had like arugula and some like balsamic something in it. It was delicious. And then another night I just swung in another market that I saw on my way back to the hotel room. Um, Yeah, markets are my jam if you haven't noticed yet. And then like when I go to North Carolina, like even when I'm just like driving there from my parent or to my parents house I try to find somewhere like local or even if it is a chain I want something that I can't get yeah, like into regional regional like Biscuitville I love Biscuitville I've never heard of that so <laughs> it's Bojangles but okay. better okay. but better in my opinion um I have my boss is actually also originally from North Carolina and I have been fake fired over um, saying Biscuitville is better than Bojangles. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. Or she? He? He. Okay. Another thing that I mentioned a little bit earlier, and you and I were kind of talking about before we started recording, was, like, the different neighborhoods in Chattanooga. Yeah, and so, like, the, and like that goes along with, like, the trend that we talked about earlier, which was mm. hyper-local. Yeah. And then even micro-local, which is, like, not small food, but, like, that's why <laughs> I thought. I was like, okay, micro-cuisine, or it was called micro-local cuisine. And so that's, like, where the chef it's like extreme farm to table only uses ingredients within a certain mile radius Mm -hmm. and then even will only cook in the style of that neighborhood of that Mm -hmm. city or of their roots so like Mm -hmm. I'm have Cuban grandfather and so I like to make Cuban food you know Mm -hmm. so like I could make Cuban food as long as it was with like locally sourced yeah so kind of like tell me about the different Chattanooga neighborhoods so when I moved here I lived over in East Brainerd which is Probably about 30 minutes east of where we mm-hmm. are now. Super, like, suburban, really congested. Um, I moved there when I moved here because I could afford it. Quickly learned that there were much better neighborhoods I could be living in, but was just not able to move elsewhere until this past summer. And now I live closer to Jacqueline. Uh, she lives up the mountain. I live in an apartment complex at the foot of the mountain. A completely new side of town. And as much time as I spent, like, downtown and a little bit in, like, North Chat, even when I lived on the other side, there's still so many places that I haven't been to because they were so out of the way. Mm. And now they're not out of the way. So I have this whole list of places that, like, Hummingbird Pasteria, Pruitt's. Uh, both are within walking distance. Well, I guess you wouldn't really want to walk to Pruitt's, but you would definitely walk to Hummingbird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I can't even think of, like, other places now, but I have all these places that I'm like, I have no excuse to not go to these places now. Right. And that's just another, like, I'm still getting used to it. I'm like, I live close enough. I don't have to plan an hour of travel time right. out of my day just to go to dinner. Right. It's exactly. so nice. So here's a good question, millennials, because I'm sure some people are listening and they're like, okay, that's nice and all. I would love to support local restaurants. I'd love to eat, like, bougie chicken. But <laughs> does it really 
cost-wise, how do you think, and I know, like, people can say, you can't put a price on health, but let's be real, we all have budgets, (laughs) yeah, we all have budgets, and you're cooking for one, Mm -hmm. which, and I I don't know, cooking for one, cooking for two, it's still not cooking for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. so it's kind of have to, your budget's probably, the grocery budget's probably the same, so it's like, is it really more expensive to eat local, eat organic, or what, how do you feel about, like, if people say that? Um... It is a little bit more expensive, but it's, like, negligible how different it is. Um, When I shop at the farmer's market, I get a pint of apples that's, like, depending on the size, three to five apples Mm -hmm. for probably four or five dollars. Is that more than I'll pay at the grocery store? Probably, but... I know where these apples came from. Like, I watched the girl, like, pick them out of a bushel Mm -hmm. basket and put them in my, like, cart for me or my bucket or whatever. And, like, just like I said earlier. Also, those apples, like, will last longer, too. Yeah, they will. I feel like the, my produce has a higher, like, higher shelf life. It does. It wasn't on a truck and waiting all this time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I've bought lettuce and salad greens at the market, and it lasted me two weeks. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I buy that at the grocery store, it's done in, like, three days. Right. So I stopped buying it at the grocery store because I don't want to eat a salad every day for a week just to use my lettuce. Well, and to... Uh, sorry if I'm, like, answering this question. That's but okay. it's like, Well, too, when you are shopping at the farmer's market or whatever, you're going to be cooking at home. Mm-hmm. So... If you eat out a lot, then it probably is going to be cheaper, even, you know, than if you're, like, hitting up Chick-fil-A, guilty. Oh, yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? All, like, several times a week. So, there is, I don't know. And I meal prep, too. Yeah. Um, okay. Or I try to. I got out of the habit, and I'm getting back into it, and I build out three to four hours on a Sunday to meal prep, and that's chicken, veggies, mm-hmm. um, a rice, or, like, cauliflower rice. And meal prepping is a great way to, like, use that local produce and the local things you buy and stretch your budget. Right. So what, finally, I'll ask this question, is (laughs) from what I'm, like, hearing a lot, like, with your podcast and everything like that, like, is it kind of, like, a grassroots thing? Like, do you, who, like, how do you break into, if you're not in Chattanooga and you're in your own city and you maybe move there for a new job or move there for a spouse, you know, how do you break into the little local community of food so that you can figure out how to source, you know, your food because it's not... You know, there's not, like, a flyer at Publix or even at the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. It might, you know, if you're walking in not really knowing what to do. Um, Start at your farmer's market and ask questions. People will talk to you. Like, I, like I said, I talk to the girl from the apple orchard, like, every time Mm -hmm. I'm there. I feel bad that I can't remember her name. But go to farmer's markets. Chattanooga has, like, five of them. Even the little college town I went to had a little seasonal farmer's market in the little square that Uh had, like, 10 or 12 booths. But, hey, it was a farmer's market. CSAs are great. That's like what's a, that? A community supported agriculture. Oh, okay. Um, so it's like a produce subscription service. Okay, so that's like what with Signal Mountain Farms they have. Yeah, them. CSAs are great, and just like start looking at menus for local restaurants, and if their menu 
like, says if they source their, like, meats or produce or cheese or whatever from, if they name where it comes from, that's probably a good sign. Yeah, that, yeah, and that would be, like, a good place. You could even reach out if you wanted to buy cheese for yourself, yep. you know, for, like, your own entertaining. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we haven't talked about is sourcing local flowers for, like, entertaining oh like, my your house. Because, and that, to me, is definitely not more expensive. If you find the right people, like, the farm, mm-hmm. you know, the farmer flowers at the market, one, they're way prettier than what mm-hmm. you can get in, like, a grocery store. And two, they last so Forever. long. Like, that's one of my favorite things about Pruitt's. Literally, I will go to Pruitt's just to buy Bud, who's up here, and they have the most beautiful flowers. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can buy their petite size bouquet, which is a big bouquet for my vases. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, $12. Yep. And it's beautiful flowers. So, mm-hmm. like, that's a, another thing that you know, we haven't talked about. I mean, you could eat the flowers, maybe. <laughs> they are local. Yeah. <laughs> they are organic, but... Yeah. <laughs> I have to be careful with flowers because my cat gets into everything. Oh, yeah. But I do love having fresh flowers. Um, sunflowers are my favorite. Okay. But, yeah, we there are, like, two or three, like, big florists or, like, flower farmers at the big market, and the lines are are always crazy like you have to get there and get your place in line (laughs) or have someone hold your place in line to get like to get good flowers because they are gone in a minute and I also like learning the name because have you ever bought like a flower like you know at some chain place and they're like oh I wonder what kind of flower this is you try googling it you kind of fail and then you're like you know you want to buy it again but you don't know the name so Mm -hmm. you can just ask like anything and if you ask person at like Publix they're they're probably not going to know. Right. You know, so um, that's another cool thing. And kind of like what we've talked about with this idea of, like, personal style, like in our other podcast episodes, is that I just think that it's like you're going to be eating. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be eating anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to be getting dressed anyway. You're going to be decorating your house anyway. Why not be intentional Mm -hmm. about what you buy? And so, sure, like... You know, it might be a few dollars more or whatever, but you know the quality's better, and you know what you're putting in your body's better, and you're supporting your neighbors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it kind of goes along with everything we talk about, like, in our podcast of, like, why you should, you know, what are your values, and mm-hmm. then make what you would be normally doing, like, work for you. Because yeah. then you're not even really spending more money, but yet you're giving to causes mm-hmm. that you care about. Yeah, for sure. One thing I will say, and I always say this when presented the opportunity. I moved around a lot growing up. I was born in North Carolina, moved back and forth between Atlanta and Philadelphia three times, college in Virginia, grad school back in North Carolina, and then here. Of all the places I have lived, Chattanooga is definitely the most, like, proud of their local, Mm -hmm. of anywhere I've lived. And it wasn't something I fully appreciated until I saw it here and met people and started talking to them and really learning more. And now, anywhere I go, I want to know more about, Mm -hmm. like, their local, all that kind of stuff. So kudos to, like, the people of Chattanooga and their pride in their city for just, like, making it known. And we're both, like, obsessed with that. And one other thing that I was saying earlier, but I, like, totally forgot to say this, was that, like, when you're trying to find, you know, local ingredients, stuff, farmer's market, stuff like that, like, how I'm finding out about a lot of stuff is through Kate. So find bloggers and find Mm -hmm. those influencers and find those tastemakers in your city. Follow local people. Don't just follow the big names, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because then you're going to, I feel like you're going to get more. You can send them a message and they'll actually Mm -hmm. respond. So that's something that I am 
am all big about micro influencers and like regional and we have a lot of stuff going on in Chattanooga. Yesterday we were just at a Chattanooga bloggers meeting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it's it's cool to get connected and that's how mm -hmm. you're going to find out too is find those trendsetters like Kate. <laughs> I was t I can't remember who I was talking to, but I realized like since I've been here, I've met most of my friends through Instagram. I, I literally in Chattanooga, that's yeah. like how I've met a lot of them too. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. Yeah. Like literally it, mm -hmm. it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny how like growing up our parents were like, don't meet people on the internet. And then like my parents are like, oh, who'd you hang out with this weekend? And I'm like, oh, my friend Jacqueline. Okay. That's because we had MySpace growing up and MySpace was way creepier. Instagram is pretty friendly. Yeah. Like, that's even true. though it's probably the same users, let's just say that the brand is different. Oh yeah. But. I love telling my parents, like, yeah, I met my friends on Instagram, and they, like, they've gotten to a point that they're just, like, okay. Yeah, we went to the stranger's house. Like, no big deal. <laughs> anyway, speaking of that, thank you so much for being on. Thank and you. Kate, will you tell everyone where to follow you, where to find out more, and any final thoughts on the Millennial Homemakers podcast? Well, thank you for having me. Um, you can find my blog at www.athoughtandahalf.com. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at hello Kate Robertson. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at the Nuga Bell. I'm on Twitter at Kate Three Robertson. Kate the number three Robertson. Um, the blog is on Facebook. A thought and a half. The podcast is on Facebook. The Nuga Bell. Um, and and you, you're on you're on anywhere that you can listen to our podcast, right? Like, yeah. All those um, different things. iTunes, Spotify. I'm finally on Google. Uh, TuneIn, Stitcher. I think like Castbox, Overcast, basically wherever you get your podcast, you can find me. So yeah. And as always, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at the Millennial Homemakers. You can follow me on Instagram at Jacqueline Humble, and you can follow Jackie on Instagram at jvalexander16. Awesome! Thank you so much for being on, and I hope that this encourages y'all to find local ingredients mm -hmm. and to eat local. Always. All right. Bye. Thank you.